Hi, Tony Hines here, and you're listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. Great to be here. So, here's the question you might want to be asking yourself. How can I become a better supply chain manager? Well, you could begin by thinking about setting specific goals for yourself and the team you manage. You could think about improving your skill base. You might want to study a course in supply chain management or a related field to get some fundamental knowledge and to improve those skills that you already have, to build on the skills you have. The third thing is to gain experience, work in different areas in the supply chain and gain all the experience you need to become that better manager, that more rounded manager, the manager that can really help people. And relevant certifications, I suppose. You could get badges and go through the process of proving to the outside world that your skills are valuable. And one way to do that is to get a piece of paper that says that they are. But that's probably less important to the first three things. But it could be important if you're starting out or you're looking for a promotion. So it's something to consider. And you need to think about developing your general management skills. You need both hard and soft skills, such as analytical and statistical capabilities, as well as communication skills, leadership skills, and problem-solving skills. So that's what you can do to become a better supply chain manager. So how might you go about setting specific goals? Well, it's a fairly simple act to proceed with. You think about where you want to be. It's like setting a strategy for yourself. Where do I want to be? What do I want to achieve? And then think about how you might get there. So you set the goal, whatever that might be. It may be in six months from now, I want to develop my skills in managing lean supply chains. Or in six months time, I want to be able to be a better communicator to my team. Or in three months time, I really want to motivate my team, and that's my goal. How do I set about the task? Now, depending on the task that you actually set for yourself, it will be clear that you need to take some action to achieve the goal. And the action might be to read about the skill or the topic that you want to improve. It might be to practice the skill or the topic of interest that you wish to improve. And you'll have to find ways to do that. You'll have to create opportunities for yourself. It might be by working on the next project. And when you begin to work on the next project, you might say, well, when I get on that next project, I really want to motivate my team to perform better. And I want to support my team. I want to support that team by finding ways that they can be the best version of themselves. The way in which they can contribute more to the management of the supply chain and feel not only motivated to do that, but a sense of achievement. Now, to do that, you need to understand motivation principles yourself. And I might take you through some of those in a moment. When we think about some important soft skills that supply chain managers need, obviously they need to be good communicators. They need to convey messages to the team that are clear, concise, and 
understandable. No jargon. Avoid jargon. Avoid long sentences. Keep the messages short, focused, on target. You'll need some leadership skills. And those leadership skills, one of them, if you're the leader of the team, is to motivate others so that they can perform to the best of their ability. They need to feel comfortable with what they're doing. They need to be encouraged to achieve better results and you'll need to motivate them. And that motivation comes from showing them that the problem that they're tackling has been tackled by other people and there's been successful outcomes. And you might begin by telling a narrative, a story about that to demonstrate that this ain't such a big problem as they think it might be, that other people do it and the way they solve the problem is, and you need to know how to do that, how to achieve a result. It's learning how to get results through the people you manage. And that's a good thing to do. It's good for you and it's good for them. And you don't want to, as a leader, take control of every situation. Because if you do that, you'll destroy the embryonic motivation of some members of the team. You have to let them loose on things. But you always have to have the back so that you can actually make sure that you're supporting them appropriately and that if there is a problem, you need to be able to demonstrate your own skills, not just of leadership, but perhaps you might have to jump into the problem and demonstrate some technical skills to solve the problem. And that way you win the confidence of the team members, but never destroy their confidence, never destroy their opportunity to learn. Let them learn and let them make a mistake as long as it's not too costly. You'll need to be a good problem solver and you'll need the ability to be part of the team so that they think not only are you a leader, but you're part of that team. You just happen to lead it, but you're actually part of the team. In addition, you'll need strong analytical skills and you may need statistical capabilities to understand supply and demand issues. So those are the kind of technical skills that you might need. And you might find ways that your team can improve their skills through learning. And that learning might be formal. It might be on the job. It might be by listening and taking part in particular projects that you're working on and creating opportunities that way for them so that they get to feel more that they're contributing to the team effort and to the success of the team. When you get a really motivated team, the results can be incredible. And of course, there's that synergistic effect that goes beyond the individual. And that's absolutely necessary, important and raises the game. When it comes to discussing certifications, certifications take different forms. It might be an entry-level degree. It might be an entry-level qualification that's not a degree, but another kind of qualification. It can be courses offered by professional bodies. In the United Kingdom, it would be the Chartered Institute of Procurement and Supply, for example, or the Institute of Logistics and Transport qualifications, or it might be the qualifications provided by bodies such as the Council for Supply Chain Professionals and Management, CSCMP. And it might be the Institute of Supply Chain Managers qualifications. It might be Six Sigma Lean qualifications. It might be Prince 2 qualifications and so on. 
But certification is important when you're learning and if you want a promotion. There are other certificates such as the APEX, Certified Supply Chain Professional Certification. There's the APEX Certified in Production and Inventory Management, Supply Chain Operations Reference Endorsement, Score and so on. It might be the APEX Certified Logistics Transportation and Distribution. APEX is the Association for Supply Chain Management. It's a professional body. Or it might be ISM Qualification Certified Professional in Supply Chain Management or ISM Certified Professional in Supplier Diversity. It would be those sorts of qualifications and those certifications that might be important to you. And there are others. Those are just samples. When it comes to motivating the team, it's important to know your team and to know their particular talents. Now, that's always been important to me. I've always spent time to get to know people who join my teams. And that's both personal and professional. And why do I spend that time? Because that investment's important. It gets me to know them and it gets them to understand where I'm coming from and what my objectives are. It also enables them to see opportunities for themselves and how I can be a facilitator and a helper in the process of their improvement. Now, if you're a good leader, you might do this naturally, but it's something to develop even if you haven't got a natural inclination to do that because you've been more self-focused on your own career. It's important to open up and support people around you if you're the leader. Now, thinking about this in a little bit more detail, why do I want to get to know the person? Well, I want to understand what motivates that person. If I can understand some of the things they do outside of work, it might be that some of the talents they use and some of the skills they've used to do particular things, maybe to play a particular game, a sport, perform an activity, are useful skills that can be brought into job-related skills. So, for example, if you are highly motivated in a sport that you take part in, you might ask them the question, what drives them in that particular sport? And if you can find out the drivers, they're the motivators. And if you can find some similarity between the motivators in the sport context and transfer them to the workplace, that will give a great opportunity for you to encourage, motivate and achieve results through the people in your team. As a leader, I can motivate a team by sitting down with them and sharing my vision of how I see the organisation and its future. Now, this is not a grand discussion, necessarily. This is a practical discussion, talking about the issues that affect the daily work that we do and how we might have a vision of a future that's better than the one we live with now. And if we can convey that message through our communication skills by setting the vision, we can then begin to set some clear goals. And those goals are small, simple steps that we can all sign up to and move the organisation to the next position. And it might take time, but as a leader, you've got to have a vision. You've got to know where you're going. And you have to communicate that vision to the team. And you motivate people by assigning tasks that people can achieve. And through the achievement, they can learn new skills. 
creating for themselves new opportunities whilst building the team, the organisation and getting to the future that you've spelled out. This creates a healthy environment. It's an environment in which people know they can contribute and that their contributions are welcomed. And you want to welcome those contributions even though some of them might be off the wall. You can take those contributions and you can shape them. And through discussion with the team where they all feel able to contribute and to talk openly in that team, then you have confidence. Nobody's going to be overly criticised for making their suggestion and they're going to be listened to. And that's important. They need to have a voice. They need to be listened to. But again, as a leader, you have to shape those contributions into a pathway to that future that you've envisioned. You need to give positive feedback to the team and you need to reward the team when it's successful. Those rewards can be simple rewards. They don't have to be dramatic. They don't have to be all necessarily through payroll, but they are rewards that mean something. It might mean giving someone a leadership role on a project or encouraging them to take up the opportunity of a course, which will be supported and paid for by the company. And that comes to the next point. We always need to think about providing opportunities for our team to become better. After all, you're training the next generation of leaders. And you should always think about that when you have the team with you. We want to give the team members the space that they need, the headroom to develop. When it comes to our own leadership skills, one of the biggest things we have to do is to communicate effectively. Communicating with the team effectively, communicating with the board or the senior management team, and of course, all the people in our team, and of course, across the organisation. It's important to be able to get your message across and to be effective. You need communication skills to do that. I've already said you need to be clear, concise, and you need to be accurate in your assessments. So that demands preparation. There's no substitute for preparation. You shouldn't just go in off the cuff and speak. You need to be measured. You need to prepare what you're going to say. And you need to be mindful of any nonverbal communication. Now, it sounds easy, doesn't it? But nonverbal communication, people soon pick up on signals. If you're not convincing, if you don't seem interested in something then they'll pick that up right away. Or if you say something that's insincere. So you have to be authentic, you have to be motivated, and you have to demonstrate the importance of what you're saying. And that demands that you watch your tone. It pays to be formal, but not too formal. Sometimes you might have to be informal in the approach, but you should never be loose with the language and you should never fall into the trap of becoming unfocused or being persuaded away from what you want to achieve. It's important that you listen carefully. You need to be an active listener and you need to have emotional intelligence. You need to pick up on the signals of the team members. If somebody's falling asleep when you're speaking, there's a problem. If somebody's looking away or doing something else, there's a problem. You need attention and you need to demand that attention through excellent communication skills, building your emotional intelligence skills so that you can convey the messages to the team as a contemporary, as a 
member of the team. You need to develop your own strategies for dealing with each communication event. And this will help develop a positive organizational culture. So for example, one of the things that could be important to this is to have regular meetings with the team. They don't have to be long. Nobody likes long meetings. They can be quite short, but they need to be effective. And if they're regular, that once a week you have a roundup where you talk with the team and listen to the team about the problems that they've faced in doing the job in that week and how they've overcome things or how they've been effective in doing the job, then that's important. That conversation. You need to create a culture where there's an ongoing conversation and that conversation has to happen regularly. You can't just hope something happens. You have to make things happen. The team, of course, will become more independent through this process of development. And that's good for everyone. Another effective way to develop a team, of course, is to have events away from the workplace where you can work ideas through, maybe talking through ideas or through some practical workshops to encourage voice and contribution or to have an external consultant come in and work with the team to develop a particular skill that might be needed in a current or immediate future project. And that's always a useful device to get the team to gel. And if it's away from the workplace, it may be that you're able to have more informal discussions and to get your messages across so that the team see opportunities to work more effectively back in the workplace. And you can create that team spirit and those relational skills that you have as a leader become central to the platform of development. When Peter Sanger wrote his books about the learning organisation, some of the things I'm talking about here today were very clear and clearly articulated in that book. And I would recommend anybody who wants to become a better supply chain manager to go and read Peter Sanger's book about the learning organisation. It's as valid today as the day it was written. Some of the examples might be different, some of the contexts are different, but the points made in the book are very relevant. So, some reading for you. There's no substitute for experience. Experience brings with it wisdom, usually. And that means that when you face difficult situations, when you're managing supply chains, or managing anything, when you've got those difficult situations arising, your past experience will be very useful to solve the problem or to deal with the issue. It won't always be exactly the same. It might be something similar, but you'll have perhaps some transferable wisdom to bring to the situation. And that's valuable. But experience is at the centre of being a supply chain professional. The more experience you can gain in different problems, different issues, in different parts of the supply chain over time, will definitely help to deal with difficult problems. Or indeed, difficult team members. Yes, we do have them. But the difficult team member might be acting and behaving in a particular way 
because of a frustration they have, or because of something personal to them. And whatever it is, we have to get to the bottom of it so that they can become a more effective contributor to the team. And they have to know their role and their place in the team. And they have to be professional. And that's important. The word professional means something. It means that you have to act and behave towards your colleagues as you would like others to behave with you. It's important to remember that if you want to make a better contribution to the team, there are things you can do to achieve that. You have to be proactive. No good sitting back and waiting for the opportunities to come to you. Make things happen. Be proactive. Ask for opportunities that will get you the experience that you need. Say that you'd like to learn more. Be reliable. Make sure you can communicate well. Be supportive of your colleagues and be open to feedback and, of course, willing to learn. So those points are important. Be proactive, reliable, communicate well, support colleagues, be willing to learn and, of course, listen to the feedback. The chances are you'll become a better supply chain manager if you follow the advice. Learn how to manage your time effectively. When you go to meetings, make sure you're able to contribute and make sure that you're able to be effective in the way you communicate in that meeting. And of course, listen actively to what others are saying. Don't just assume. And of course, it's not about just assuming. Sometimes we can sit in a meeting and we might feel some prejudice to another member of the team in some way. So we don't really listen to them properly. And I would suggest that you discard any prejudice when you're in a meeting and listen to what people are saying because they might have something important to contribute and you don't want to dismiss something that does that. So prejudice is something to avoid. Make sure you listen. Make sure your contributions are not rambling, that they are concise and clear and effective. If you want to get your message across, You've got to be clear, you've got to communicate well, and you have to be concise in what you say. And one final tip here is to plan and prioritise exactly what it is that you want to convey to others in that meeting. For your voice to be heard, it's not just about being heard or having a lot to say, or about contributing endlessly in a meeting. It's about participating, listening, prioritising, planning what you want to say to get your point across and make sure it's valuable to others at the meeting. And if you do that, others at the meeting will value your contributions and they'll wait for them. You'll gain respect and you'll become a better supply chain manager. Well, I hope this episode has been useful for you today on how to become a better supply chain manager. I'm Tony Hines, I'm signing off, and I'll see you next time in the Chain Reaction Podcast. Until then, bye for now. The Chain Reaction Podcast is written, presented and produced by Tony Hines. Hi, I'm 
Tony Hines. I'm here to tell you about the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. I've been researching and writing about supply chains for over 25 years. I wrote my first book on supply chain strategies in the early 2000s. Each week we have special episodes on particular topics relating to supply chains, and we have a weekly news roundup every Saturday at 12 noon, all things impacting global supply chains in that week. So come and join us on the Chain Reaction Podcast. I look forward to seeing you there. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. Bye for now.